This week's episode of The Wonder Podcast is a first. Having done over 50 podcasts now, our format is pretty much the same. We bring someone on to share their story and usually have conversations about social issues facing younger generations and how they affect our mental health as a whole. I usually give my guests three anchor questions ahead of time. We really want our conversation to go wherever they naturally go. So these anchor questions are there as a guide. But for this podcast episode, we're doing things a little differently. I got connected with Amanda through a project we're working on called The Musical Imprint, and one of the organizers of the project said I should really connect with her because we have similar hearts when it comes to mental health. So I thought it'd be cool to capture our very first conversation on the podcast. We have a lot to talk about with our jobs and similar passions, but I also wanted to bring up a big fear youth face, especially after COVID. Creating connections, especially with people we do not know. This episode hopefully will demonstrate that starting a conversation with a stranger doesn't have to be scary. Making new friends doesn't have to be scary, although you're not alone in these fears. Continue, let, let's continue to actively encourage and challenge each other to pursue connection and listen to stories both incredibly important things, and I believe our world will be better for it. You're listening to The Wonder Podcast, brought to you by Be The Change Youth Initiative, where we believe everyone should be seen, heard, and loved. We're committed to educating, equipping, and empowering youth to use their lives in advocacy for others. The Wonder Podcast was created to be a space where we truly see and hear one another. Because when we listen to people's stories, empathy is cultivated. So we'd like to invite you along with us as we listen and learn from others. This is The Wonder Podcast. Well, this is going to be a super fun podcast episode today. I have an amazing human being on as my guest this week, Amanda Heyday. We got connected through um, the musical imprint, and we're going to be sharing more of that in later episodes, and we're excited to share more on social media and all of that following weeks ahead. But before we get started, I would love to have Amanda introduce herself. Hi everyone, thank you so much for the opportunity to join. My name is Amanda Heyday. I am a licensed clinical social worker in South Jersey in private practice, um, a Brighter Tomorrow Wellness Center, uh, looking to just really help the community as much as possible, adults, kids, um, traditional outpatient mental health, mindfulness, um, and really looking to expand into full wellness. Um, I'm also a mom of two, uh, Roman is 10 and Savannah is nine two dogs and just a crazy life between sports and school and work and just trying to keep it all together one day at a time. <laughs> yes, well, thanks so much for coming on. I'm so excited for people to get to know more about you. Um, how we got connected, once again, like what I said, was through Musical Imprint. For those that don't know what the Musical Imprint is that are listening to this episode right now, could you explain like what that what that is? Yeah, I would just tell people it's a compilation of 31 authors that picked a song that changed their life, essentially, right? Like, um, I know Justin's participating. He's a good friend of mine, too. He's a goalie coach. And when Sarah called me, I said, you know, do we have sports represented in the book? Because to me, music and sports go hand in hand. Right. And like, I think I talked in my chapter two about just music having the ability to change our energy. Right. So like whatever that moment was, you know, if, there, if you were going through, through something difficult or 
Um, you know, mine wasn't a negative story. It was a very empowering story, but just sort of being able to hone in in our thousand words and just share that sort of piece of us with the world. I cannot wait to read everybody's story. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I am so excited. I think it's going to be such a cool experience and just to hear like the different perspectives and um, different like life experiences from from other people, especially all tied into like one song and how like that one song changed so much it could be a whole list of different things and so many people have already kind of shared just a little bit in like who they are and the wh whether we like meet up on the zoom or something like that and just listening to other people kind of share like their heart for what they're doing it's just cool there's so many differences and I just love it I love how we're all like coming together for this so it's a really cool experience I love the background of everybody too like so mm -hmm. you know I originally thought it would be mental health heavy um, yeah. which is great too but that's not even really the case there's like paratroopers and designers and just all mm -hmm. kinds of really neat people and I think that speaks to the power of music even more than what I had thought originally of like no matter who you are or what you do music right. touches you in a way that like maybe is difficult to put into words mm -hmm. yes a hundred percent I totally agree with that that was when um we applied for the opportunity to be a part of this we kind of like tried to figure out like what song would kind of fit best and my brother and I are singer songwriters so we decided to go with the song that kind of like started the whole trajectory of where we are right now as a nonprofit and organization um and so it was a song that my brother had written called conscience and he wrote that when he was 14 and it's kind of like changed a whole bunch over the last three years because I've added things to it we've sung it together like at first he just sang it by himself but there was a night that my family and I lived in an RV for a year in 2019 and during that my brother and I started playing together for the first time and he one day like at our first show in Texas he decided to share his own story of struggling with depression and suicide ideation and so from that he shared a song that he wrote about his experiences and that moment like completely changed everything. So we kind of share a little bit about that. Um, and then hopefully the song, we just recorded it um, last week or a couple of days ago. It'll be like two weeks once this is out, but we just recorded that and hopefully it'll be ready to put on the playlist that everyone's making like for all the songs and stuff. But music just has, like you said, like a power to transcend barriers, to kind of be this like community hub for other people from all different backgrounds. And it doesn't have to be necessarily about mental health. It can be a bunch, like a bunch of different other things, but it's cool that even with heavier topics like mental health or suicide, um, it always comes back to like how music can kind of be that healing platform. Um, at least for my brother, it was, especially during that time, but it's just cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's such another great opportunity of this book is just allowing people to expose their vulnerabilities. We as a society don't really talk about this. And I actually did add in to my chapter as well, struggling with depression, and anxiety all of my life. So, you know, we all have these sort of things going on, but it's not dinner talk, right? It's not something we feel comfortable just being like, oh, I was in a really deep bout of depression last week. Sorry, I didn't answer the phone. It's like, oh, I was busy. Right, and just sort of glazing over, but there's such an opportunity here for deep, meaningful conversations that come from this. So like music is awesome, but these deep conversations are equally awesome to me, just sort of to destigmatize and normalize, you know, like 
I don't know many people who don't have struggles with their mental health, you know, whether it's short term or deep seated trauma histories, like we, we all have stuff. So for it to just be sort of almost a normal part of the conversation to me is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, would you mind explaining like what musical imprint has been like for you? Absolutely. It just sort of came out of left field. So Dr. Sarah Allen is a, a close friend of mine. Over the years, we've just sort of talked about our visions for the future, and she's just an amazing go-getter. So she has just this idea and makes it work, whatever that is. Sometimes it succeeds, sometimes it doesn't, but she continues to sort of adjust her sales. She's just really turned into a great friend and a mentor. Um, So we met for coffee. She threw the idea out there, which again, completely out of my wheelhouse. I mean, I have so many ideas for the future, but to actually be given the opportunity on a silver platter (laughs) to really participate in this has been, um, in all fairness, a very anxiety-provoking journey, also very exciting. Um, So I cannot wait to see what comes of it, uh, but definitely completely different from what I'm used to. So I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I love the fact that it's just a really cool way for other people to are kind of sharing their same like love for music and they have different backgrounds and how music's always been like a catalyst for change, whether in their own lives or other people's lives, how it is kind of like this community that's kind of built itself with like the 30 something of us, Um, all different stories, all different songs, but it's really cool how music ties so many links together, which I absolutely love, but I also love how a lot of the stories have like mental health based elements in them. So would you mind sharing a little bit of your story and how you got tied to the job and how it's been like really influential in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So I just sort of fell into this field. I was originally a criminal justice major. I always knew I wanted to help people just trying to figure out how. So it sort of went from law enforcement into like Social work, um, social work is really, I think, undervalued. People always associate with like a Planned Parenthood or like a shelter type of job, but social work reaches so far and wide. Every school, every jail, you know, community-based mental health, private practice. So, um, so it sort of fell into my lap. Um, and then the song that I chose was really about just being 18. It's a Nicki Minaj song. <laughs> Um, you know, and just sort of having this breath of like, you know, we can do anything that we set our mind to like the women's empowerment and just, Mm. you know, being a business owner, sitting on various boards, you know, often still struggling with imposter syndrome of like being young, being female, you know, do people take me seriously? Do I deserve to be here? And Mm. Nikki has very much always just owned her stuff, like unapologetically, yeah. Um, so I chose Moment for Life, which focuses so much on just being present, holding on to a moment, like not apologizing. You know, she talks about retiring with the ring and like that kind of stuff, but it just hit like so deep. Um, and still anytime that song comes on, I get the same exact feeling, which I tried to verbalize in the book. Like no matter where I am or what I'm doing now, I can go immediately back to like loving that song when I was 18. So when I was asked to do the book, uh, my best friend Meredith um, also runs our office. So I went to her, I told her about the opportunity and she said, so you're using your song, right? And like, I don't even have to tell people what song I chose. Everybody already kind of knew because it's like a part of me and everybody still knows. (laughs) Yes. 
So my husband's giving me, um, we've had a lot of jokes about sprucing up this rap song. Like, how can you turn this song into, and hopefully I got the message across okay, but... <laughs> Yes, yes. No, I love that so much. And um, I also wanted to ask too, like, are there any stories or your own experiences that stick out to you that made you realize that you want to go into the field that you're in? Yeah, so I think I just brought, you know, a lot of my own stuff. So, so I have a theory that in order to be in this chair, you should have been in that chair, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to understand both of the chairs. um, Because if you have had it all together all your life how can you truly empathize or understand what people are going through so if you had I I would qualify like an easy life you probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be very good at this um so you know just I think finding any opportunity that I can to like give back and just understand and, and even this conversation just normalize for people right like you're not the only one that goes through this that doesn't make you a bad person or a weak person like we all have growing to do forever so you know, a lot of just childhood, a lot of moves. I talk about this in my chapter too, just never feeling angered anywhere. So I moved a lot as a kid, really struggled to make true connections with peers and just sort of always feeling like a, like a lone wolf throughout and sort of that developing into, I guess, not wanting anybody else ever to feel like that. Right. So if I can be that sort of anger for them, they know I'm here every week. I'm just a text away if they need me. So it's just been like a whole giving back process. You know, I guess option two would have been medical, but I'm not built from (laughs) the medical field. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That makes, that makes so much sense. But I mean, it's so important, like what you said, right. Going back to empathy, I think that's missed so much in, everyday life and the conversations that we have with other people. Um, I know, especially in the heat of 2020 with politics and racial tension and everything that was happening with COVID, like I feel like we've digressed a lot. Um, In some cases we've grown stronger. Like I guess it depends on the person, you know, like from different experiences, like you said, like if life's always kind of been easy and you've kind of been blindsided to everything else that's happening around you, then you know, you might not be fit for this job or like compassion, like, or empathy might just be like over your head. For some cases, that's, that, that is the case. But I mean, it's so important to go back to like, how do we look at people? How do we recognize that we're all human and how like our passions can kind of fit into that music can kind of fit into that. How can we kind of make everything kind of flow together? And it's cool that the book has kind of been that anchor for a lot of those discussions, at least like with people that I've met so far um especially like people wanting to be on the podcast and share their own stories like a lot of it comes down to like listening to people's stories and with your job like that's a lot of what you do and you're there for people to comfort them be there for them and um yeah I think it's really cool absolutely it just levels the playing field I think if we could peel away all of those layers and just get back to being human and lifting each other up and empowering them you know like any opportunity I have to give a compliment like what if that changes your whole day? If I say, wow, I love your sweater so much. Where did you get that? And you say, I got a TJ Maxx and it was on sale. Just that brief little interaction of being kind to somebody. And it's that's really, I think, been lost on people. But we also had a very, as a society, trauma, right? Like COVID and that isolation and that panic. And we're all slowly recovering from that. 
uh, some better than others. Yeah, I feel like the more, um, and I did like a small little intro before you hopped on just to kind of like explain the backstory as to why we're doing the podcast like this. But I mean, I explained the fact that youth, like a lot after what happened with COVID, people in general, like they've had a lot more social anxiety. And so the idea of starting up a conversation with someone that you've never met before is incredibly scary. Like it might've been scary beforehand, but just the idea now, like how do I talk to someone that I've never met before? And so I was like, this episode will be a guideline to that. Like a lot of it's just listening to one another and listening to our passions, our hearts, like what we've experienced in life and um, how it really can just start off from like asking one question and how it doesn't have to be a scary thing. Like we can make friends and have it not be a scary thing. What does that look like? But yeah, it's just a process. It's a lot of a learning process for sure. <laughs> For sure. And we're seeing so much of it now with especially the younger kids you hear developmentally, there's been two years missing, Mm -hmm. right? And like what that is looking like for our four, five, six, seven-year-olds who maybe did not get a pre-K kindergarten or not a kindergarten first. So they're essentially entering school in their second grade year. And like, really, I think we have to start having conversations to support them. And what does that look like? You know, social anxiety is tough as an adult, let alone Mm -hmm. as a small child who's missing this huge, you know, developmental piece. Um, But we have a lot of conversations to be had. And if people could just like unclench their fists and just have the conversation, no finger pointing, no blaming, just solution focused conversation, we would be light years ahead of where we are now. And, And that would definitely look like this, right? Like you and I, or like our Zoom call, it's just people coming together for a cause, with no other intentions, and just making progress forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you brought up a really good point too of missing like two years. We had the opportunity to speak in a lot of different like high schools and middle schools in Tennessee, like in Chattanooga area, and they we talked to a couple of the teachers and counselors and they brought up a really good point like with the middle school students it's like they graduated fifth grade and then planned on going to school for six but then missed school sixth and seventh grade so they go back into school in eighth grade and it's like they kind of miss the opportunity to kind of grow as a middle schooler where it's like mm-hmm. they went from being a fifth grader and not experiencing like the backlash that you get as a new middle school student from the other student. So they kind of just went into like this eighth grade macho mode. <laughs> yeah, top of the food chain again. T- I know, exactly. So it's like, you see a lot more bullying come from that because they never actually learned like, and it's horrible to say food chain, but at the same time, like a lot of that is because that's just it, right? It's, we, we lost that compassion piece because we've been put on, um, we've been like using screens we've been on screen time more for social media more. And a lot of students have like, if they were afraid of saying something to someone's face beforehand, they would still be mean to them through social media or through a screen. But now it's like they're becoming even more boldened in that. Absolutely. And I think some of that divisiveness has come, you know, you mentioned the politics and the the racial tensions, like parents aren't modeling kind behavior, right? Like in my opinion, kids do not come out mean-spirited, mean-hearted, racist, like We don't come out that way. Those are learned behaviors. So Mm -hmm. to me, that part of that conversation absolutely has to be with the middle schoolers, but equally with our parents and our communities and our coaches and our, 
you know, counselors, like anybody else that has a role in these kids' lives, like the, the modeling has to be kind and respectful and, and they will follow. Right. Yeah. Which is why it's so important, like for Be the Change, we're youth empowerment and mental health focus. But a lot of the conversations are even for the parents or for the teachers or whatever adults are in these kids' lives or in these youth's lives, like being able to have a conversation with them and saying, How are you modeling um life for for these for these teens? Because they're watching you and they pay attention. Um, and they're incredibly smart human beings who are capable of making their own decisions um, and just they understand what's going on and we don't give them enough credit for that so when they see other adults act the way that they do they'll be like oh it's okay for me to do x y and z or I won't get away or I'll get away with this if I do x y and z and it's just like a cycle that never ends so it really has to go to like as an older generation what are we doing to model lives in such a way where we are being a good example where we are showing kindness and compassion to people that we might disagree with or how are we showing compassion to people that can be annoying and like even just the simplest things like I watch myself with hanging out with my siblings like I want to make sure that I'm modeling myself in a way where like they can look up to me and see that I am being kind and how they'll extend that same kindness to someone else. Like, you know, it's just, it's a cycle. And I think right. once we realize that the importance of like how we step into these situations um, are better, our world will be better for it. Absolutely. I mean, we definitely have the tools, you know, even social media for all of the the harm that it can do. It can also absolutely be right. Like a, a change a, a positive change tool yes. yeah, <laughs> and sort of using that for good as well. Like using all these tools and resources that we have, you know, for good. Um, absolutely. And, and kids are amazing. They're resilient. They're very bright, you know, mm -hmm. but they are learning all about themselves and the world that we live in and their role models and, you know, like navigating relationships. Adolescence is not always a pleasant place for them. It's rapid changes. It's difficult. And I think we need to approach them with empathy too. Right. And especially when we talk about kids who are, are bullying, like my first question in my field is why, right? Why? And like, let's get to the root of that and have those conversations and do some healing there. Yeah. And that's awesome. Um, what are some things that you'd want people to take away, whether that's like what you've experienced or seen within your own field or in your everyday life um, when it comes to the conversation of youth empowerment or mental health advocacy or even just talking to other trusted adults and guardians in these youth's lives. I think we've come so far in just normalizing therapy, which is such a great step in my opinion. You know, a lot of the, the children and teens that we see maybe don't have significant trauma, but they do now have a place to vent and get some feedback and some strategies and a different perspective. Um, you know, as far as parents, I would say, stop trying to befriend your child. That is not our job, right? There needs to be expectations. There has to be boundaries with them. Um, and we can't parent out of fear. You know, I've heard clients say, I can't take their phone, it's their phone. And I'm thinking, well, I think, I think it's your phone, right? And we've just sort of moved into this friendship-based parenting model, which is a very slippery slope. You know, we would not 
show up to work and not know what's expected of us and do well. We need to know what the expectations are, what the consequences are. Like it is our job to make them good humans, not like us all the time. So that's definitely been um, a work in progress with working, you know, with the parent side <clears throat> of some of that. And I think just normalizing a lot of it and promoting kindness, you know, it's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay to ask for help. You know, it's okay to go tell a trusted adult at school if somebody's bothering you, sort of moving out of this like snitch mentality historically that that wasn't okay, right? I would say absolutely go tell somebody what's going on and let them help you. Um, so just that, just sort of mental wellness overall, you know, getting these kids off the screens, engaged in music, sports, whatever it is, like giving them as many positive outlook, out resources, <laughs> outlets, <laughs> as possible um you know because all of that taken together sort of makes them who they are yes yes and what's one thing that um that you're looking forward to when it comes to the musical imprint once it's oh. out <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to expect I reread my chapter 800 times I still don't even know if it's good um, I just don't know. I mean, any opportunities that come, I think no matter what happens with the book, it's already been a win just meeting people like you and making these amazing connections of just outside of my five mile radius, right? That's kind of where I function and just being able to extend an olive branch and connect and, and do some good together. So I have no idea what to expect. I mean, theoretically, it will be a launch pad to publishing a, a children's series of my own with that sort of on my resume of being published already is is my goal, I think, but I have no idea what to expect. That's so awesome that you want to publish like a children's series though. They make children's mental health books like happy, mad, sad. Susie got her ball taken and she's bright like this sort of very kids are bright and we do not give them any credit so I think yes. to really increase that emotional vocabulary not everything's happy mad sad right mm. sometimes we're anxious we're overwhelmed we're ashamed we're insecure like we have so many other things beneath the tip of that iceberg that we do not bother teaching children mm that they could definitely benefit from. So I think definitely just some sort of tools, maybe for school or for mental health practices, even parents, right? Just to give them like a broader scope of beyond Inside Out, right? Inside Out was an amazing tool. It's a yes. great movie, but we have more than a few emotions. And I think just yes. really like, so one day. Yes, well, I'll be hopping on that train. I will be supporting 100% on that whenever they are released. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This has been a complete trial run of anything yeah. publishing related marketing. I mean, they had to tell me to get on Instagram. I didn't even have an Instagram before I hopped on the project. So the struggle has been super real, but I am trying. <laughs> yeah, well, right. This is just a learning process. And it's cool that we can be super honest and say, well, I mean, we're here, we're learning, we are just hopping on social media, or this is the first time publishing anything, and the fact that we get to be part of this project is amazing, or even just, like, having this first conversation, like, I think it's cool people kind of get to see, like, the humanity, which is what I love so much about this specific podcast, is, like, with every conversation that I have, we always kind of point it to, like, 
what are we bringing to the table? How are we making the world a better place, whether it's through these conversations or encouraging other people to see youth as bright human beings who understand what's going on. We need to give them more of an opportunity to like speak their truths and speak their voices and step into the places that they want to step into because they want to make a difference. And a lot of the times they are snuffed out of that. Like their life is snuffed out because they're not seen as good enough or old enough to make a difference. But what I've also seen is a lot of older generations brushing things to the side and like keeping things the way that they are and nothing's getting better for it. So I am 100% for encouraging youth to move forward and to elevate them. Um, and so I'm very encouraged for people like you who are also very passionate about doing the same thing. And whether that is with a children's book series or just starting this conversation, like I think every little bit goes a very long way. So, and also people get to see a look into your hopes and dreams. And we are all pursuing all of those different things. And it's cool that we get to cheer each other on when we're just trying to figure it out. So absolutely. The best thing you could do in these situations is be vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Like none of us have it all together. We all have the things, you know, we all have our goals, our insecurities, and just why don't we put all of that out on the table so we can have honest conversations, support each other. Like you're saying, right. Empower one another. Like that's where change comes, right? That's where the positivity comes in, not by pretending like we don't have any of these things Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. life is going exactly as we planned because sometimes it doesn't. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a great way to end this conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I'm so glad people are able to listen to some of your story and some of your hopes and goals and your heart for youth um, and other people like within families. Like I think all of it's so incredibly important. The work that you're doing is important and it does not go unnoticed. So we're very thankful for all that you do. Same with you guys. Keep it up. I cannot wait to work together in the future. Uh, Same. And for those listening to this week's podcast, we'll see you next time.